This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's the head pastor at my church, Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. I'm excited about the broadcast and all the work that you do to get this set up, man. I appreciate it. Dad, we do have some fun before the show starts, don't we? Yeah, we do. I mean, there's a lot we can be excited about. Hey, I got to tell you, we played church softball together, and you know I wasn't the quickest guy from second to home. I get there. I get there. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about turning the double play. No, I you, could you, turn it. Yeah, I could yeah. pick it and throw it. Yeah. But getting from second to home, you know, I was not the fastest guy in the world. And there's a guy that we're talking to today who is best known for beating out a throw to the plate. And every t- in all the information I've gotten to you for, for this show today... Mm-hmm. Um, it'll talk about that play. And whatever you read, it'll say, look, this man was not the fastest guy on that team after a couple of knee surgeries. And I've watched the tape a number of times. And Sid Bream did beat that throw by Barry Bonds, but he didn't by but he didn't beat it by much, man. It was, <laughs> and it was, it was slide. awesome. We yeah. are joined uh for today's show. He's former major league player with the Dodgers, the Pirates, the Braves, the Houston Astros. And now works with Christian Sports International. We're joined by Sid Bream. Sid, look, you reminded me of myself trying to get home on that play. <laughs> you can't be that slow, Mike. Man, <laughs> man, you don't know me at all. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, yes, he, he I, really can be. Yes, Mike. I can. Yeah, yeah Mike can hey, be. I'm so so you have the quick hands, Mike, but you don't have the quick feet, huh? No, I never. You know what? Maybe back in the day on the disco floor, but that was about that was about <laughs> it, Sid. I got to be honest with you. I can pick it and throw it a little bit, but going, I, I'm more of a station to station kind of guy. I go from, go. I go to first. I've hit a lot of doubles into singles. Let me tell you that. Hey, Sid, how is life? <laughs> Things are going pretty well for you. I uh, I cannot uh, tell you. I mean, things are wonderful. Um, you know, I have a, an awesome lady beside me that uh, we've been together now for 34 years, going on 35 years. We have four incredible children. Uh, we have two great daughter-in-laws. And uh, we're soon to have our first grandson here at the end of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord's been great. And uh, I can't ask for anything more. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about about you scoring from uh, from second base. It was October fourteenth, nineteen ninety two, and it was Game Seven. I look, I've been a sports fan my entire life, and I love Game Sevens. 
in any sport. I'm not a hockey guy, but I'll watch a game seven. Um, I love game sevens in basketball and in baseball. And that October 14th, 1992, the Braves, they won the game three to two. And uh, can we talk a little bit about, do you remember the feeling you had on second base? The score was tied, I think, 2-2 at that point. And and a base hit to left field, and you knew they were going to wave you in, right? Well, again, Mike. I mean, this is this is something that uh, has still. I mean, to this day, I mean, I has not been solved because uh, I have. I, matter of fact, not too long ago, somebody uh, stopped me, and we were talking about that particular play, and and they said, uh, and you ran through Jimmy Williams' uh, hold hold at third base, and and I said to this day, I said I don't know if Jimmy Williams put a hold up for me or not. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never ever gotten that answered, and uh, you know, so I assume because some people might have seen him put the hold up that I had to hold, but I really and truly don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back now because I watched it uh, this morning on YouTube, and I watched just the excitement and and man, the, the, your teammates coming out of the dugout and how much fun that had to be. But but I but I wondered if you remember what you were feeling. I, I mean, look, you're a baseball player. You've been on second base a lot in your your career, and you know just the mindset you've been trained. With you know, if there's two outs, as soon as the ball is hit, you're going to take off and go. Do you remember that particular um, play? Do you remember that moment? Oh, Mike. I mean, Pastor. I mean, I you know it's something that. Uh... You know, I do I do quite a bit of speaking, and and I, I always start my talks with that play because most of my speaking is in the, in the southeast or up in in where I'm from, and uh, I can either get a a goat from the people where I'm up in Pittsburgh, uh, I can get their carotid artery a little bit, or <laughs> down in the southeast. I mean, everybody loves me, and uh, so I, I I remember that play very very well, and and in all truthfulness, uh, I was. Very, very, I was thinking quite a bit, just like Skip Carey, the announcer, was thinking, Bobby Cox, what are you doing? Get somebody to run for Sid Bream. Right. You know, if you can't find somebody in the, in the dugout, get somebody in the stands, just get somebody to run for <laughs> Sid Bream. That's good. Well, he left you out there. And you know what's funny is when I, again, doing research for the show, they, they just call it the slide. Sid Bream's yep. the slide, and uh, man, I had fun doing research for this show today. Sid, you know, watching those tapes and watching the reaction of uh, not only your teammates, but then you know the the Pittsburgh uh, Pirate guys just kind of shaking their head, thinking, "Come on, man, you know we should have been able to throw him out." And uh, now they're going to the World Series, and we're going home. It was uh, it was fun for me to watch that and and read some of the articles about it. And uh, man, it's got to be something that when when you look back at your career again, you you know you had played with the Dodgers and the Pirates and, and the Braves and the Astros. To be on the Braves and be able to knock out the Pirates had to be something good for you. Well, I mean, I you know again in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety, being with the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, and we lost to the Cincinnati Reds in the playoffs that year. The very very next day the Pirates management came out and said that Sid Bream's our first priority to sign for the 1991 season. So in all reality, my wife and I were ecstatic thinking, Hey, we're, we're going to be in Pittsburgh. I mean, and we're going to, you know, I'm a free agent, going to get a good contract. 
And, um, you know, when market price, they didn't get close to market price on me. To make a long story short, um, my attorney tried to talk me out of staying in Pittsburgh because I had a great contract in front of me with Atlanta. And he finally brought up the, the uh, question. He said, well, what happens if Pittsburgh signs or, yeah, Pittsburgh signs you and then they, they send you down to Atlanta? And I said, great point. Let's go after a no-trade clause. And, and uh, so we went to the, the Pittsburgh Pirates who were going to give me substantially less, but my wife and I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. And they said, uh, Sid will stay in Pittsburgh, but he wants a no-trade clause. And at that point, the Pirates said, no, we're not giving him a no-trade clause. And I said, if I'm your first priority, I'd hate to see what your last one was. <laughs> the last one is. And, yeah. uh, and so we went to Atlanta, and for the next two years, we knocked them out of the World Series. And it's, it's funny because in 19, 1991, when we played against Pittsburgh, I hit my first grand slam in the major leagues against them. And uh, when they panned the camera in to the dugout, and you would have thought that you would have seen a joyful individual in there hit, hitting his first grand slam, I was as sad as sad could be because, I mean, I, I, had, I had gone through thick and thin against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, we lost 103 ball games the first year I was there, and then we slowly progressed to the place where we were, uh, you know, we, we were winning our, 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 our uh, division. And uh, so I, I had a lot of great friends on that team. I mean, Jim Leland down to Doug Graybeck and a lot of those guys, Andy Van Spike. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, 1991 was very, very difficult for me. 1992, you know, kind of changed. But at the same time, I still had feelings for those guys thinking, man, they're never going to have a chance to get back to the World Series again. But I was glad that I was in that position that I was. And uh, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. We're talking to Sid Bream again, former lead, uh, former Major League first baseman, played with the Dodgers and the Pirates, the Braves and the Astros. You know, I've had a chance to be in Pittsburgh a couple of times, Sid, and and I absolutely fell in love with that city. I just loved it. Well, it's, it's a beautiful place. I mean, there's no, there's some great, great people here. Uh, the ballpark that they're playing in now, I wish I had the opportunity to play in it. I probably wouldn't have had the knee surgeries. That I did. I mean, playing on that AstroTurf, I mean, uh, I think was the reason that I popped my knee, the ACL. But uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark to play in. And uh, I, I love I love being here. I love uh, the people. Sid, uh, do you, are you able to go out to some of the games and, and be with the Pirates then? Yeah, I, I get I get down. I mean, we were down for opening day, and, and uh, we were actually supposed to take a couple – that uh, we had just met, we were going to go down on May 7th here, but uh, their schedule wasn't able to uh, accommodate it, so we'll look for another date. But I'll get down generally three, four, five times a year mm -hmm. uh, when somebody likes to go, and, and uh, you know, and I'll have an opportunity to get down there. How, how far do you live uh, from Pittsburgh? I'm about uh, 30, I can get down there about 30, 35 minutes. Um, I live about 30 minutes north, 35 minutes north of Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to, uh, before I started working at the radio stations, I worked for a sports marketing company, and we put on uh, celebrity golf tournaments uh, here in Wisconsin mm -hmm. and then in uh, in Palm Springs and in Las Vegas. And Andy Vance Lake used to come to some of these. And I'll never forget, it was a kind of a dogleg left, and it was probably 280 uh, but, uh, to, to, the, to the pin. 
but you had to, you know, hit one shot and then hit a second up to a green. And these guys that he would play with said, man, this guy can drive the ball like any, nobody I've ever seen. And he hit one off the tee, and I lost it. And he said, boys, pick him up. We're dancing. And I said, you're not on the green. He said, yeah, we are. I said, there's no chance. Because he said, no, I hit it over those trees. I said, come on. He said, all right, come on, drive up with us. And sure enough, he's sitting on the green. Then the one guy said, look, he can drive it. He can't putt a lick. He can't. But, man, does he, man, does that guy hit the ball. And he got up to, you know, to putt it, and he missed it by about nine feet. And he just started laughing. He goes, boys, I do my job. You do yours. So he, uh, I got a chance. I, I grew up a big Pittsburgh uh, fan uh, with the Pirates, and we are family and all that. And so I got a chance to talk to him. He was a pretty good guy, Vance Light. Two, two things with that, Mike. I mean, number one, I mean, understand that baseball players have great hand-eye coordination and they can generally hit the ball a long way. Number two, the regulars, they're not like pitchers. I mean, the starting pitchers. The starting pitchers, they pitch one day and they play four days of golf. I mean, we have to play every day. So, I mean, we don't get as good as John Smoltz or John Glavin or Tommy Glavin or Greg Maddox. Those guys play, play the game, I mean, you know, quite a bit and they enjoy doing it. And, and and the other thing is, Mike, I just want to ask you, why didn't you ever call me up there to be in part of that celebrity <laughs> tournament? You know, I didn't. I was a different man back then, Sid, and uh, I didn't do anything but work it. It was a company I worked for. I'll tell you who won it every year was Rick Roden. Yep, absolutely, man. Well, Great. we and there again, you're talking a starting pitcher. <laughs> right, four days of playing golf. You know the fu- the funniest part about this is the first year we did it, Chuck Cecil who played for the Green Bay Packers, and he was uh, Arizona Cardinals. He was a good-looking defensive back who always had blood. Uh, you know, uh, His nose would always bleed on top of the nose. He always had tape up there. He just, if you moved, he hit you. He was leading the, the tournament after mm-hmm. the first day. And he came into Milwaukee. It's a 45-minute ride from Lake Geneva. And at 2.30 in the morning, he got kicked out of a bar for headbutting a hockey player. So, oh so by the time by the time I got him out of Milwaukee back to Lake Geneva, he had to hit it at nine thirty the next morning. He shot like a nine over. He was nowhere near. And I said, Ch- Chuck, you had a chance to win this thing. He said, Yeah, but how many times can you get kicked out of a bar in Milwaukee for headbutting a hockey player? And I said, Man, good point. That's a good point. I, I that certainly wasn't something I would have done, but he had fun with it. So. Yeah, Sid, that's a little bit well, like. I'm glad he did. Yeah, that's that's like evangelists, you know. They're they're awfully good golfers, you know, and and the the, the preachers are just. I've heard, having I've the, heard that about. I've heard that about pastors. I mean, they get to do quite a bit themselves. Yeah. I know my does. Oh, does yeah. he? Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to Sid about, you know, his faith and and how it's affected his life professionally and personally. Talk a little bit about going to Liberty University, and we'll just catch up with Sid Bream. He is a former Major League uh, Baseball player, Los Angeles Dodgers, the Pirates, the Braves, the Houston Astros, and now he works with Christian Sports International along with some other some other companies. But if you want to take a look at their website, and as we go through today, uh, there's a place when when we talk about uh, Christian Sports International, if you're feeling led to, to donate to the, the cause that they're doing, uh, it's teamcsi.org. 
It's one word, teamcsi.org. Check that website out, and uh, you can get some information on some of the work that they're doing. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host each and every week, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, he is Sid Bream. He's doing a lot of work with Christian Sports International, former Major League Baseball player. I think best known for his years with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Atlanta Braves, but he also played with the Dodgers and the Houston Astros. Hey, Sid, let's talk a little bit about um, your life. Where did you grow up? And, and if we can talk a little bit about uh, your faith and, and, and how it started. You know, and, and Pastor Ken, we'd love to get everybody's testimony on this show. And as you always say, you know, it never gets old. And yeah, no, it's certainly doesn't. something that, that you know, has, has set this show apart from any other show that we've heard. Uh, so, Sid, if we could talk a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. I I grew up, I mean, I was one of six kids uh, in my home. I mean, my mom and dad, we, I, I grew up in a little town called Mount Holly Springs, Pennsylvania, uh, which is down in the south central part of Pennsylvania, close to Carlisle. And if you don't know where Carlisle is, close to Harrisburg, the capital. Yep. And um, went to Carlisle High School. And, and as I stated, I mean, I was one of six. I was in the middle. I, I guess you can't be in the middle if, if there's six, but I was the third one. <laughs> and uh, we had three boys and three girls in my family. But my mom and dad, uh, you know, they took me to church Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. I mean, we had a my, – my dad and my uncles and my, my aunts, they started having a quartet called the Gospel Airs that would go all over Pennsylvania. So we would follow them around, and then it expanded to Gospel Airs and family. And so family members started to to uh, participate in the uh, the singing as well. And so I was around church my whole life. I mean, and uh, every every Sunday night I heard my uncle or, or my dad or my aunt give the plan of salvation. And, and um, you know, for 13 years of my life, I mean, I sat there and listened to it and sang up on stage. But at the same time, it really didn't mean a whole lot to me. But when I was 13 years old at my church, um, we were having a revival meeting, and uh, the pastor shared his uh, his message. And, and at the end, he gave an invitation and, and uh, felt as though the Lord was saying, Sid, it's time. It's time for you to come home. Mm. And uh, at that point in time, I gave my heart to Christ and understanding that I, I certainly wasn't perfect at that point in time. I just knew that Christ was in my heart. Mm. Uh, uh, you, you know, the average age, we were talking about this Sunday, the average age, I think, in, in America right now for someone to come to Christ and be saved is around 14 to 15. And, you know, Sunday I had folks raise their hands, and the number of people who came to Christ under 20 is just incredible because it seems like the older we get, the more our, the more heart, hard-hearted our hearts get, and we uh, don't necessarily— try to repent of our sins, we try to defend them, 
And that, that, that is, that is a wonderful story. So you were, you would get up and actually sing, uh, with your family too, right? I, I would, we would, uh, you know, as, as members of the quartet would, uh, you know, kind of drop out. I mean, or, I mean, they had one member of the quartet that wasn't a part of the Bream family Mm -hmm. and, uh, he, he retired. And after that, one of, uh, my uncle's son's started to sing and then after he retired and somebody else came up and after he retired i you know i got up there and did a little bit of singing with them in the quartet as well but the whole family had participation we'd have a children's you know song and and uh, we'd have you know trio from the ladies and so i mean it Mm. was just it was it was a fun time Mm. um you know but at the same time i want you to know that i i i did get tired I, i said i got tired of going to church Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mom and dad took me to church. Why in the world do I have to be in church all the time? But, and I used to think, you know, good grief. I mean, what kind of a testimony do I have? I mean, I grew up with mom and dad that, um, you know, did all those things for us. You know, if we, if we cursed, we got our mouth washed out with soap. I mean, if we, you know, did a lot of things, uh, and if we, if we got caught, uh, we were going to get our rear end canned. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But at the same, but at the same time, the thing that I want you to understand is, I mean, and I used, I did, I always thought, man, I really don't have a testimony because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't take drugs, you know. And you know, but today, I'll say this. I mean, I'm so thankful that I had a mom and dad that I didn't have to go through all that stuff. Yeah, amen and, to that. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, it was a blessing to to uh, to have have that. And uh, I'm thankful, you know, my dad's not here. He passed away in 95. He was 65 years old. and um, But uh, my mom's still living. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful grateful for them every day that uh, mm-hmm. they loved us enough to share, share with us Christ. Mm. Yeah, I, I would concur with, with my own testimony with that, Sid. You know, I came to the Lord early. I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a military guy, and... He was in Greenville, South Carolina, stationed there, and a guy next door to him, a couple next door, just befriended him and started telling him about Christ and how Jesus could save him from their sins. And and they uh, they came to know the Lord, and after he got out of the Air Force, he went back to Bible college. And and I am very thankful for the influence. And my dad just went home to be with the Lord this this last Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I thought, what a great day to go home and be with the Lord. They they he had, he had finished pastoring out in Colorado Springs, so— uh, I was out there with him, but I, I'm thankful for that heritage, and it sounds like God gave you a great heritage, and I know you're thankful for that with your mom and dad. Um, what, what, I, I'm curious a little bit, what, what part did you sing? Did you sing bass? Did you sing tenor? What, what, what did they have you singing? Most, most of the time, lead. Uh, okay. You know, I don't know some of them wish that I would have sung solo. I mean, solo that they couldn't hear me, but uh, <laughs> you know, the old joke. <laughs> but, well, uh, I was going to say, if you're— most of the time, uh, I was going to say, man, if you're still that talented in music, I, I'm sure. Now, your wife probably sings, doesn't she? Uh, she's sitting kind of sitting right here beside me. <laughs> if I asked her that question, I would have to think that she would say she really try, truly tries to be quiet when she sings, but she doesn't think she, she sings that well. Oh, but, uh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, well, if you're that, if you are really talented in music, <laughs> we need a new music guy up here yeah, at Brookside. Okay. 
And uh, you Mike, Mike, Mike might not brought you up here to hey, Wisconsin, but we'll, no. we'll bring you over here hey, to Wisconsin. You come, you come <laughs> on up because I can't look. When Pastor directs the music, man, it's it's as fun as it gets for me. <laughs> That's about as fun as the day gets, right there, Sid. Hey, I'll t- hey, Sid, I'll tell you this: in third grade, I had Sister Margaret Mary at St. Peter and Paul Parish say, "Mr. McGivern, whatever you do for the rest of your life, never sing in public. You are so tone deaf." So. I don't sing. I know the Bible said it's it's, it's beautiful music. It's That's not when I sing it. I got to tell you, there's no doubt. Well, what, I mean, that is a great testimony, though, and yeah, I, I would I'll look forward to meeting your mom and dad when we get up to heaven. Um, Amen to and, that. And uh, just, I mean, just the the opportunity to hear the stories, and I mean, six. Wow. I mean, your mom, I mean, we had four, and and uh, I t- tell Kathy, I thank her all the time. We're we're getting ready to celebrate our. 34th anniversary this summer but i always tell her man thanks for all your work with those boys i mean you got to be tired and yeah, she, you, she she would look at me she goes well i'm tired but i'm tough too yeah she's tough <laughs> you know but, but pastor let me just share this with you i mean is it i i mean i believe probably all your children are are, are christians at this point correct yeah yes. that, i got three in the ministry i'm pretty excited about that and one in the you military know, you know one of the things that i i've been as i go out and share you know, I, I, I challenge the moms and dads, and I sit and say, I said, you know, if I asked you what would you want for your children, I said, most of you in here today would say this. They want them to have a great life. They want them to have a good job, a, a, a nice wife or, or a husband. They want them to have a great home. They want them to have a good family. But, I mean, I, but I, I challenge them to understand that, you know, folks, there's nothing wrong with those things. But I mean, I think that you can you can attest to this as well. Mm. I mean, there's such peace in knowing that your kids are going to heaven. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're you're so right. I, cha- I challenge yeah. the moms and dads that are listening to this out there. I mean, that should be your number one priority. That should yeah. be your number one goal in your life is to see your kids come to know Jesus Christ, because you know that one day, no matter what happens, uh, you know whatever takes place in this life down here on this earth. You're going to see your your children again, and uh, and that's that's such a peace for me. When I put my head on the pillow, I don't have to worry about my kids because yeah. I know that they're going to be in heaven one day. Amen. That is great. Uh, I coached a six A 6A high school basketball team out in Denver, and a fellow who coached with me uh, wasn't a believe. He's not a believer. I pray for him all the time still, and we would talk and and I would say, Jack, you know what. What do you think is going to happen to you when you die? He goes, ah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think much about it. I go, what about your kids? What about your grandkids? I mean, he was a hard, tough guy. And, man, every time I'd bring up kids and grandkids, the tears would start to come down his cheeks. He said, mm-hmm. well, he said, I just, uh, yeah, he said, if I'm wrong, I, that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate it for my kids and my grandkids. I said, exactly. I said, Jack, you don't know what it's like when a parent comes in and they grew up with church and they went to all the Awana clubs and and they're always uh, at Christian school or going on mission trips or whatever, and they're coming in saying, hey, would you share the gospel with my 11, 12-year-old? And I said, absolutely. And you share the gospel and you look at them and say, hey, does this make sense to you? And they go, it does. I said, would you like to put your faith and trust right now in Jesus? And they look at me and they go, no, I, I don't want anything to do with it. And to see that mother come in going, hey, what what happened? I go, no, they don't want to do anything. They, they, you know, I, I, I said, hey, they've been watching you. They've been That's watching it. you, and they oh. don't want to have one cotton-picking thing to do with, with the Lord right now because wow. they don't see any difference in your life, and that is heartbreaking. And That's so when— Absolutely. You know, I, I could, 
I could sense your sensitivity there with your own kids that you're thankful that they know the Lord and uh, that there's nothing greater in life than that. No doubt, guys. We've got to get to a break. Our other side of the break, we want to uh, talk to Sid Bream a little bit about uh, Liberty University and his decision to go there and also talk a little bit about Christian Sports International, some of the great work that they're doing. In fact, if you want to see their website, it's teamcsi.org teamcsi.org uh, to take a look at uh, at the work that they're doing, some of the, the stuff that Sid's doing. And if you're feeling uh, led as you're on that website, there is a place that, that you can donate to their mission. I would highly recommend it uh, to, to look at that website. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, he's been great, Sid Bream. He is a former Major League Baseball player with the Dodgers, the Pirates, the Braves, and the Houston Astros. Now he works with Christian Sports International. Hey, Sid, um, your decision to go to Liberty University, were, were there when you were playing baseball in high school, were there a number of opportunities for you to play at the next level? You know, Mike, I mean, that's, funny you should ask that because in all reality there was only two two schools that had given me a full scholarship uh one was temple university in philadelphia and uh the other one was liberty university liberty baptist college back mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. uh in lynchburg virginia and, and uh you know being in the situation i was when I mean, my dad would work three jobs in order to put enough food on the table uh, i really didn't have money in temple university their full scholarship was tuition and books uh, but no room and board, and liberties was everything. And and just a step back again, when I got the year that I got saved, and when I was 13 years old, as a youth group from our church, we went down to see Liberty Baptist College. And at that time, all they had was the Thomas Road Baptist Church, and right across the street were some some houses. Uh, that that was the dormitory, and I swore at 13 years not literally swore, but I swore at 13 years old that I would never, ever go to Liberty Baptist College. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, when it came, when the time came, uh, I completed my, my uh, senior year in high school. Uh, I was really and truly looking forward to going to the pros. I mean, there was a couple of scouts that were telling me that, uh, you know, you be- we believe you're going to be drafted. And uh, nothing happened. Coach Worthington called me up and told me about the full scholarship. I knew about the scholarship for Temple, and uh, I decided to go to, to uh, Liberty Baptist College back then. And um, it was a it was the best decision that I ever made in my life. I mean, it was uh, being under the tutelage and mentorship of uh, Coach Al Worthington was uh, was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Is that where did you meet Michelle there too? I did it that. I mean, met her. My I was telling this story the other day as a, as a as a sophomore. My my Christian service at Liberty Baptist College was at the high with the at the college basketball game, 
uh, one a, a teammate and myself, we would sweep the floors. That was our my Christian service. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're standing there at you know at halftime or something. I don't know what time of the game it was, but he said uh, something to the effect of, "Hey, you need to go over and ask you know Michelle out. You know, ask her to go out." And I said, "Well, I can't go over and ask. Why don't you go over and ask her?" whether or not she would go out with me. <laughs> and then if she says yes, then I'll go over and ask her. And uh, sure Smooth. enough, he went over and sat down beside her. And uh, and he came back over and he said, if you come over and ask, go over and ask her, she'll go out with you. And uh, sure, so I got brave enough. I wasn't a coward. I got brave enough to go over and ask her. And, and uh, so we went to the Christmas banquet that year. And that was our first date. And, and uh, it went on from there. Man, you were you were smooth back then, weren't you, Sad? I, oh, I sure was, man. I, I had all the moves. Yeah. Go, have your buddy go ask her, hey, find out if she'll go out with me. And if she says yes, then maybe I'll go over there and ask her. That's awesome. I, I, I thought you were going to tell me she was noticing where you were missing sweeping the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, probably if I had a bagger on my head, I would have been a lot. I would have been a lot more bold. Uh, but uh, you know, you take this face and try to put it in front of a girl. I mean, I got rejected too many times. <laughs> it's you know what that is swing and a miss, man. You got to get it, get back in the batter's box, Mister Bream. Just keep swinging. You know how that goes. Hey, um, I'm a, I'm a whole lot better in the batter's box than I was with talking to ladies. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, you know what you did. Uh, obviously, you did just fine. I have uh, two kids that went to Maranatha Baptist Bible College here in Wisconsin, and and both met their spouses on campus and. And I have three beautiful grandsons live across the street. That wow. uh, man, it's it, it's awesome. That was a good school for the for them, and obviously Liberty was a good school for you. Hey, when when you got yeah. drafted by by the Dodgers second round, um, did you know at that point? Obviously, if you're in the second round, you're you're going to go play uh, Major League Baseball. Um, did you think that? And, and you spent a lot of time in minor leagues with the Dodgers. Did you think that you were you would be a Dodger throughout your career at that point? You know, I didn't. You know, my goal, Mike, in all honesty, was to make the major leagues. And a lot of people said, I mean, you had to have been disappointed when you got traded over to Pittsburgh. And you know, the, the writing was on the wall in a sense with Greg Brock. I mean, Tommy Lasorda loved Greg Brock, who was the first baseman, and they had just drafted a. In, Right behind me, the year the year after I was drafted, they drafted Franklin Stubbs, and Al Campan is the general manager for the uh, Dodgers. Love Franklin Stubbs, and so I was kind of caught in between. And then they had Mike Marshall that they moved to the outfield, and uh, you know, so I was kind of in a press a press position that I was just thankful to have the opportunity to get to the to the major leagues. And and as I told people about the Dodgers and the Pirates. I said my goal was to make the major leagues, whether it was with the Dodgers or whether it was with the or whoever. And uh, fortunately, I got the opportunity with Pittsburgh, and and it was a great thing. Hey Sid, when we talk to um, former or or current major league baseball players, um, we talk a lot about the years that they they lived in minor league baseball and how difficult mm-hmm. it was to walk worthy as a Christian man. Especially in minor league baseball, when when you're on the road, a lot of temptation. You're in a city for three or four nights, then you head to another city for three or four nights, and they said, "Look, if if you don't have some guys in that locker room holding you accountable, 
um, and you're not, you know, really strong uh, walking in your your faith. It's a difficult place to be. Did you find that as well? Oh, absolutely. But you know, the thing for me, Mike, I mean, I had an account where I came from. Uh, you know, coming from Liberty Baptist College. I mean, literally, when I stepped into the Vero Beach single way baseball, as soon as I walked into the locker room. They put a tag on me saying, you're the chapel leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to double-A baseball, you know, because I came, went to Liberty Baptist College, they put a tag on me, you're the, you're the chapel leader. And when I got to triple-A, the same thing with the major leagues. And, and so, you know, with, with putting me in those positions, uh, it, was, it, was one of, it was a little bit of an accountability ordeal. But I would agree with you, there are tremendous temptations. There are tremendous trials. Uh, in the game of baseball, and uh, I'm not—I was not perfect by by no means. Uh, but uh, I'm thankful that after all this time, I mean, I, um, you know, the Lord has forgiven me, and my wife has forgiven me, and uh, I'm I'm just glad that I have the opportunity to to have both. Well, when as they called you chapel leader, that's almost kind of complimentary. I mean, it's not like they were calling you John the Baptist or you know, yeah. something along that line. But <laughs> I uh, didn't have no locust skin on or anything. Yeah, you, you, I mean, like that. I, I, awesome. I worked construction. I didn't eat the locust or camel skin. <laughs> yeah, I worked construction in the summers in college, and uh, I didn't have as nice a guy as I was John the Baptist to those guys. Here comes John the Baptist, but it's not like that. So that that would that would give you a a, a very strong platform and also eyes watching you at all times uh did you have did the lord did the lord bring some guys into your life too that that were a great encouragement to you spiritually we had i had uh several guys in pittsburgh i'm not so much on the team i mean there was a couple guys on the team but uh the chapel leaders but when i went to atlanta and uh you know and again going back to the story of going to atlanta i think that we didn't understand why we had to change teams, but, you know, God had it all planned out that mm-hmm. while we were there, my wife and I, we started men's Bible studies. We started ladies' Bible studies. We started couples' Bible studies while we were there. And there were a couple individuals that were there that uh, really, really uh, poured themselves into me, one being Walt Wiley and uh, the mm-hmm. other one being Tim Cash. And, uh, you know, so those those two individuals were some great people and all in all uh, in all truthfulness, my best year as far as teammates were concerned was uh, the year that I played for the Houston Astros. I mean, I had a, a teammate named Andy, Andy Stankowitz, and I had a teammate named Kevin Bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I was a backup, I sat on the bench with Andy, and all game long, all we did was talk about spiritual things. <laughs> and, uh, had a, had I a, love it. Had a great time doing it. And, at the, you know, in the sixth inning, we'd go up and get ready to pinch hit or pinch run or not me pinch run, but the Andy Stankiewicz pinch run. Mm-hmm. Don't get funny, Mike, okay? <laughs> no. I got nothing. But, <laughs> yeah, I have a few lines, but I'm going to just let you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we would, we would go up, I mean, and, and get ready to, to pinch hit towards the end of the game. And, and uh, But in all truthfulness, like I said, that year was probably my – the best year as far as teammates and accountability and, and, and as far as encouragement was concerned. 
Mm. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw and uh, we had AJ Ellis in studio, and he said, "Man, we just love studying the Bible." And people will see us go, "Hey, when you guys are on those bus trips or on the plane, you guys are talking baseball." And he goes, "No, man, we're talking Bible. We're trying to be better husbands. We're trying to be better fathers." Uh, when we get on the field, we'll talk baseball, but but outside of that, and so there you are sitting there in the dugout talking Bible. I love it. That's a great story. That's, Absolutely. Hey guys, we've got to get to a, a quick break. Other side of the break, we'll we'll uh, close this up. I, we have to talk about uh, Christian Sports International. Uh, I just want to know a little bit more about them. And as we talk with Sid Bream, our special guest, uh, TeamCSI.org is the website you can go to. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, boys, don't you? No, wish, this is fun, isn't it? Mike? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start taping what we talk about during the break. Man, I, I'll tell you, Pastor, you're mean to me. Oh, I love you, Mike. You're yeah, a great guy. Yeah, yeah, that love. There's a thin line between love and hate, my friend. Our special guest this entire show, and he's a good one, doing great work. Sid Bream, former Major League Baseball player with the Dodgers, the Pirates. Braves in Houston, and he's doing a, a ton of work with Christian Sports International. Um, Sid, can we talk a little bit about Christian Sports International and some of the work that, that you guys are doing? I, I can tell you on the website, I love the mission statement of Christian Sports International is to change the hearts and lives of kids with the good news of Jesus Christ, impacting lives through sports and education programs both locally and throughout the world. It's a great mission statement for the company that you do some work with. Absolutely, and, and uh, you know, it was founded by a young man named Dave Reddick uh, back in, I think, 92. But since then, I mean, uh, Dave went a different path, and Scott Grinder is now the president of uh, Christian Sports International. But, um, you know, we are dedicated. Uh, we're dedicated to, to be able to, to work with kids, and I think, at this point in time, we've, we've uh, worked with over 600 and some thousand kids, not only teaching them about basketball and baseball and soccer and, and you know, different things. They, they do Bible studies and, and things such as that. But at the same time, they're always given an opportunity to understand about Jesus Christ. But another aspect, another field that uh, Christian Sports International is really going into is a thing called all-in-men's conferences. And uh, they have individuals, football players like John Kolb and Leah Wisniewski, and then a, a national drag racing guy by the name of Bobby Martin. I mean, he was a world champion drag racing, loves Jesus, and, and myself and some other ones that will go out and will uh, will speak to men, right. and uh, you know, really challenging men to be the the men of God in their families, and and that has really started to take a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, take some track, get some traction in our area, and, and uh, you know, people are really enjoying the opportunity to hear from these men talk about their uh, their love for Jesus, but at the same time, their love for their families. 
Hey, Sid, are you able to do, I mean, I know you said international. Do you go on some of these international trips, mission trips uh, overseas to work with kids? I guess you do baseball with them, and then you have opportunities to talk with them. I have not done anything internationally at this point. I mean, I've gone on some mission trips, Pastor, but I haven't uh, I haven't gone with CSI on, um, you know, any type of international trips. I mean, with some of the some other organizations, they've offered me to go to Cuba and some other places. But uh, in all truthfulness, I just haven't felt led at this point in time to do that. But mm-hmm. I do whatever I can here at CSI. And actually, on Monday, uh, we're having our CSI golf tournament down here, and and uh, you know we're going to have you know quite a few groups out with quite a few celebrities, and you know we'll share we'll share at the end of it a bit about the uh, the, the mission and the vision of. Christian Sports International, and uh, it's it's always a wonderful time. Well, if you need a ringer, a celebrity ringer, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, no, he knows. I don't, I don't do much on the golf course. No, me neither. You know what? I uh, no, uh, uh, I could drive the cart really well. So I can find a ball (laughs) when when you when when you slice one in the woods for some reason. You can find it, huh? I'm like a hunting dog, man. I can, (laughs) I can go in there. Your back leg goes up, and you go right in. I can find that thing. Hey. Speaking of hunting, Sid, you're a big, uh, yeah, you're a big gamesman, right? You like going uh, hunting. I see some pictures of of you uh, on a couple of yeah. different trips. That's a big part of your life, isn't that? Uh, I enjoy, I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy uh, bow hunting. I'm an avid bow hunter. Um, in all reality, that's all I do is bow hunt. Now, um, I've been to Africa a couple times. I've been all over the western states with elk and bear and. And uh, I absolutely love getting out in God's creation and, and challenging myself with those things. And, uh, and you know, in all truthfulness, I'm driving right now to uh, – I'm going down to Lynchburg, Virginia, where, where Liberty University is. My daughter's still there. I have a daughter that that uh, she's finishing her sophomore year, but I'm, I'm going down to do a wild game dinner tomorrow night. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I love, I love getting out and talking about – you know what I've experienced out in the woods, uh, but I, you know, I, I use that as a platform to talk to him about my dad and and uh, all that he taught me ethics-wise, challenging the dads. I mean, what are you teaching your kids? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just share a neat, neat story that my wife shared with me that uh, was a true story by Gilda Radner from, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live. Yep, sure. She talked. She talked about a. Uh, her neighbor that had a, a golden lab that was pregnant, and somehow it got its, its back legs caught under a, a lawnmower, and they had to decide what were they going to do? Were they going to try to were they going to euthanize the dog and try to save the puppies, or were they going to try to save the puppies or save the dog and see what happened with the puppies? Well, they got to the place where they were going to try to save the dog and see what happened with the puppies, so they they had to, to uh, amputate at the elbow. Uh, on the both back legs of that dog, and as it healed, uh, the way it got around is it would get on its brisket, and it would pull its back legs up underneath itself, and then it would reach out with its front paws, and that's the way it would start to get around. It started eventually to uh, it. It finally had its four pups, and uh, you know those those puppies were healthy, and uh, they could have get up and walked around on all fours. Uh, 
uh, no, no problems. But the way that those puppies initially got around is they got on their brisket mm. and put their, brought their back legs up underneath themselves, and then they put their front paws out, and that's the way they got around. And, and, and the point about it all is, is this. Your kids are going to do what you, they, they see your parents doing. Absolutely. And so I, I try to challenge the, uh, the parents, you know, what do you, what do you teach your kids? Mm-hmm. And then I go on to share with them about about Christ as well. So that's that's what I love talking about when I go to these wild game dinners. Sid, thank you so much. What a great way to end this uh, this uh, show, uh, Faith in the Zone. It was really good. I appreciate your your willingness to come on. Safe travels to you and your wife, and uh, say hello to your daughter for us this weekend. And and thank you so much for your time. Mike, Pastor, it's been a pleasure. I've had a great time with you guys. Keep up the great work and finish the race, and I'll see you in heaven one of these days if I don't see you down here, okay? Amen, Sid. You got it again. Thank you, buddy. He is Sid Bream. Go to teamcsi.org for more information. Pastor, thanks. Have a great day. Thank you, Mike. You bet. Appreciate it. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.